Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is telling the gospel story in creative ways, otherwise known as fan fiction. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on those running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. My name is Pastor Amanda Zenzalo, and I serve at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, this all started with something I believe you wrote. You are the culprit this time. Totally. Using My Little Ponies. What else am I going to use? Please explain further. All right, so here's what happened. Several years ago, when I was still in Mount Vernon. Okay. And before I really had become a Pega sister, I am a huge fan of My Little Ponies. Okay. Friendship is Magic. It's a great show. Wait, wait, step back a little bit. What's a Pega sister? Well, it's the female version of the fan base. Because I know bronies are the dudes that like it. Uh huh. So Pega sisters, the female. Okay. Pega sisters. So they're gendered words, which, you know, aren't necessary, but it's what you get. I'm a Pega sister, but my big sister has okay. a daughter. So I have a niece yes. who is of an age that when My Little Pony Friendship is Magic released, she was right at the right age to be watching it. Oh, sure. And so my niece and my sister liked it a lot. I heard very positive reviews from it. And then there was this surge in like My Little Pony stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, my sister and I played with ponies when we were young. We oh, had yeah. like 25 or 30 of them. They were a big deal. And we almost shared them well. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... <laughs> When they came back around, Laura spent some time with them, that kind of a thing. And then they came out with this pony generator mm-hmm. where you could make your own My Little Pony. Ooh, and nice. Like set the color and pick the cutie mark, which is the little symbol on their flank. Sure. And you could make your own ponies. So my sister and I were up at some terrible hour, keeping in mind she's three hours ahead. And it was like 11 o'clock my time. And we were chatting on Facebook and making My Little Ponies. As one does. As one does with your big sister when you're both in your 30s. So (laughs) we... No judgment. No judgment. So we had a ton of fun and I am particularly nerdy. And so I made a set of Holy Week ponies. I love this. Right? So I was probably sometime close to Holy Week, which is why I thought of this. And I made one that was like, oh, I like all of these things. So it has stars on it and it's pretty. And then I'm like, wait, I could make Holy Week ponies. So here's Palm Sunday pony. And she's green and has palm leaves on her flank. Okay. What would I do for Maundy Thursday pony? And made Maundy Thursday pony who's brown and has wheat sheaves for okay. his flank. Right? And then Good Friday pony, which is a black pony pony with a star that's light shining in darkness and he has like scars and he's kind of beat up and you see where I'm going I see where you're going Saturday of course is Easter vigil and so we have baptism pony because this is the day when baptisms were really part of the early church okay and so she's bright blue and there's a lot of joy there and then there's Easter pony with daisies and flowers and gold and anyway I had fun that night, and I saved the pictures just for silliness and giggles. And then a year or two later, I used them as my profile pics (laughs) on Facebook. (laughs) 
throughout Holy Week, which I am Nobody still doing. questioned this. Which I am still doing because I am that much of a nerd. Monday okay. Thursday Pony is up as we are recording oh, right I'm now. Oh, I'm going to have to go look at that now. Right. Yeah. Don't worry. Good Friday Pony will come up tomorrow. So I apologize for everyone if I don't get this up in time for you to see all the different ponies. You'll have to come back next year. You can save the pictures of the ponies and put them up somewhere. Okay. So I use these as my profile pictures and I was laughing about them one year and kind of making fun of myself for doing this. And one of our parents here at Central said, are you going to use this to tell the story to our kids? Because a lot of the kids here at Central were right at the age where they were very much. So it was not your idea to begin Mm -hmm. with. They were very much engaging in My Little Ponies. And Mm -hmm. I had used Rainbow Dash in a sermon illustration Mm -hmm. because I knew some of the kids were watching the show. And so they were keying in on ponies. And so I spent a couple of days during Holy Week. And I made a little booklet, a little fan fiction story, where I wrote a story about Twilight Sparkle, who's the main character of My Little Pony, one of the main characters, reading the gospel story and telling the gospel story to her friends. Okay. And it uses the pictures of the different Holy Week ponies that I made Mm -hmm. to tell the gospel story. And on the back, it has a picture key where it's all of the different ones and Mm -hmm. then a scripture quote as to what that day is about and where you can find that reference. So it's a little booklet. And then we gave them out during Holy Week. Mm -hmm. We had them available for parents and they took them and they're still available online. I had put up a PDF of the booklet form of it, but it wasn't printing well for people okay. who were downloading the PDF and didn't have the capacity to do back-to-back sure, the pagination sure, sure. was off. And so what is up now prints in full 8.5 by 11. It's a big book sure. style of it. But it's still up online. You can still download it. If you don't have the font Equestria... Of course. Which is a font used in My Little Pony that you could download and install on your computer and have it print out accurately. Not that I did that, but I totally did that. It may print out a little funky wonky for you, but mostly I think it comes out okay for folks. So what was the response then? Really positive. Yeah? People really appreciated it, which was funny, but it was accessible, right? Mm -hmm. And I I ended up reading it, I think, as the children's sermon that year. Mm Mm-hmm. Remember that. And each of the characters, their lines are printed in the color of their character. Like I was able to Mm -hmm. pull a color out of the graphic of the pony to match the font color to the pony. So you can kind of see who's saying what, Uh even just by color. And you can get a sense of character from that. But they're telling the story in a way that is accessible for that age group. Now, this does make sense to me because I remember talking to a friend of mine who has a tradition of listening to Jesus Christ Superstar every year, and they started it, I think, on a road trip somewhere. Mm-hmm. And now they do it every year, and her daughter, who is the younger one, is probably eight or nine, and she's getting to the age, she's like, wait, what are they doing? Why are they torturing him? You can see that it's not making sense. Yeah. I think they do need another way of hearing it to make it accessible, especially in this part of the country, in this part of the world. Torture is such a non-existent thing for them. And it's not something like in the My Little Pony version, which is really aimed at three through seven. Mm-hmm. We're not going to dwell on that, but mm-hmm. we are going to say that he died. 
Sure. And, and we're going to find a way to developmentally tell the story in that way that we can access it. And to be honest, since I did not grow up in the church and I was a theater major in undergrad, the way I heard the gospel story for the first time, you better believe was Jesus Christ Superstar mm-hmm. and Godspell. Those were the two chancel dramas that my university did. And mm-hmm. they were the only shows through the year that I didn't have anything to do with because they were stupid religious shows and I wasn't going <laughs> to participate sure. in them. So ironically, <laughs> the shows that I had nothing to do with, the shows that I got to actually just sit and absorb and experience were these chancel dramas. And specifically, I really remember Jesus Christ Superstar and Godspell. Mm-hmm. And they probably influenced the way that I heard the gospel a couple of years later when I read them for the first time when I got to seminary. Mm-hmm. So these retellings, these ways that we tell this sacred story in different ways so that different audiences, different people, different ears can hear it in different ways. It's not that it is making light of the story or changing the story. It's just finding another way to tell it. Mm-hmm. So who's allowed to do this then? Anybody? Well, yeah. Anyone can write it. It doesn't mean it's going to be good. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true of anything. <laughs> right? You can rewrite and retell the story. I think that there are going to be some communities who care more than others about the specifics and how we'll find some things more sacrilegious than others. Mm-hmm. I think that our tradition allows us to play with it a little bit. Because we don't have such a black and white understanding of our scripture that we need it to always be the same as is printed in our gospel. I think that we can take a little creative freedom with it Mm -hmm. and let it breathe a little bit in our contemporary culture. Can you go too far with it? Yeah, I think you can. Mm -hmm. Especially if if you hold an authority or if you speak in a way in which people believe that what you are saying is the accurate truth. Mm -hmm. I think that's a problem. Right. So if I presented the My Little Pony gospel as completely accurate and as equivalent with our scripture, that would be a problem. Mm -hmm. That's taking it a bit far. Okay. But presenting it and saying, here's a way that you can open up the conversation with your kids. You can have some fun with it. They might ask questions. They might spend time. Just have fun and enjoy it. Not trying to make it into a new set of scriptures. But same thing with JCS or Godspell or some of the others. You know, mm-hmm. it, they tell the story, but they aren't sacred scripture. Okay. It makes sense. I think in some ways, that's sort of kind of the work that we're doing at storylectionary.com with our work and pulling out metaphors and trying to retell the story in a way that can be heard in modern language and be heard in contemporary ears. We're taking the story from the garden to the garden. Okay. So from the Garden of Eden to the final recreated garden in the book of Revelation. And across 52 Sundays, we have a selection of texts out of the scripture that give us the opportunity to retell the entire sacred story. And my doctoral cohort and I, what we've been doing in this last eight, nine months is writing the stories and writing ways to begin to see the story in another way. So where does something like that fall versus a different version or translation of the Bible? Well, there are different translations that are often done by committee, and we did a podcast on translation. We did, but I know there are some more contemporary versions of Mm -hmm. it that do take a little more creative license with it. And sometimes those are called paraphrases. Okay. So like Eugene Peterson's really accessible and brilliantly executed 
scripture translation, his paraphrase called The Message. It's a paraphrase. Okay. And, that's what I was getting at. Yep. And that's the difference is even though it's a translation, it's also considered a paraphrase because okay. it's not necessarily word for word. It mm-hmm. takes the general meaning of the story and it translates it into modern contemporary language with a modern contemporary rhythm and feel to the writing. Okay. And there are several that different translations that kind of do that. Okay. Some of them are done by teams. Peterson did his own, all on his own. He is a tremendous scholar and has the capacity to be able to do that. And what a gift he has given the world in that. So when you do something like this fan fiction, what is your goal? How do you get it out there? Well, I did this one specifically for our kids sure. here at Central. And the way that I got it out there is I printed off 25, 30 color copies of it and had it available on Easter Sunday, had it available on Holy Saturday okay, to give out to the kids and to the families and had it available on Easter Sunday to send home with the families. And then I popped it up on Facebook and people who know me saw it, liked it, asked for copies of it. And then since then, it's been up on our website, available to download ever since. It's kind of on a back-end side page. It's not sure. an obvious page, but... And we will link to it for those of you who are curious. Yeah, but it's there and available all the time. So anyone who does want to see it can locate and find it and download it and print it. What about something like the Story Lectionary then? The Story Lectionary is a different thing because that's actually going to be published Mm -hmm. and will be available on Amazon. Okay. Our individual journals, our individual contributions is a separate piece that we're all individually selling and making available to people. But the Story Lectionary itself with 52 sermons a compilation of all of our work, that will only be available via Amazon. Interesting. So it comes all methods, big and small. That's right. Okay, last question. What is your favorite fan fiction version of the gospel story then? I have to go with Christopher Moore's Lamb. Oh, you've mentioned this before. (laughs) The gospel according to Biff, Christ's childhood pal. I've got to hunt this sucker down and look at it. It's such a good book. And it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for those who are going to be offended by cursing. It's Mm -hmm. not for those who are offended by consistent reference to bodily emissions. (laughs) Okay. It's not for those who, you know, would be really incensed to hear about Jesus spending time in India and other Asian countries. So, you know, the fair warning, fair warning, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's a brilliant book that kind of talks about a potential for those middle years and where Jesus was from 13 to 30. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about fan fiction. I look forward to sitting down with you another day on another topic. As do I, and thank you all for joining us. Be sure to contact us on Facebook or send us an email at podcast at centralportland.org. We would love to hear from you. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.